Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. And we're back. We're back. Welcome. Welcome. I appreciate how nervous you get at the start of every single podcast that we do. Yes, because it's weird because I have this thing in my face. Like you have I a face? Well, I have and the microphone and then oh, it's like... I, like it's very official. It's Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do. I, I saw someone had posted that a couple, I guess like 06, as crazy as it was, was when that movie came out, like August of 06. So someone yeah. just posted, it's like this whatever anniversary, 15 or... Yeah, it's been 15 years since Ricky Bobby took NASCAR World by storm. It's such a good movie. I would agree. What happened to, like, good comedies? Because, okay, so, do you have a list of, like, your top five favorite movies? Do you um, know? Like, top five favorite movies of yeah, all m- time or, like, all time. comedies? Your, your most favorite movie of all time is Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Number up there, one. for sure. It's for sure your favorite movie. You can't help but talk about it. And if it's on, you get sucked in whenever the boys bring it up. You said that Jack was named after Jack Skellington. All I also things. told him he was named after Jack Sparrow and Jack Bauer. And Jack Reacher. There's and a lot baby of Jack Jack. Yeah, there's a lot of kick-ass Jacks. So, yeah, that's easy. Okay. What are your top five favorite movies? I was not prepared for this. I don't know. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you go. I think okay, so my I think my favorite movie of all time is probably Avengers Endgame because it's, it's okay. It's the most incredible superhero movie ever to like in the history of the world. I it's like wonderful. it. Wonderful, right? But for comedy, I'd say Anchorman is probably my number two, yeah. just because of the sheer amount of quotes that come out of that movie. Yeah, one-liners. I feel like Dodgeball's up there as far Dodgeball's as, like, one-liners. But for sure. I did not tell me. So, I was... Okay, if we're doing my top five. So, probably Endgame. Yeah. Anchorman. Dirty Dancing. And Steel Magnolias. Probably. That's a very... Three like, and four. It's a very yes. eclectic grouping and so far. And then the Boondock Saints. So, like, five. Those are my top five. I love it. But I think Dirty Dancing... Like, if you've ever watched... Everyone's seen Dirty Dancing and Steel Magnolias. They're not phenomenal movies in any way, shape, or form. But they were like those... I think people will fight you over the Dirty Dancing one. Steel Magnolias, I would get, of being like kind of more obscure. But <sighs> yes. like Dirty Sally Dancing... Sally Field, Olympia Dukakis, Julie Roberts, like all the people. Yeah. In that movie. It's, there's good one-liners in there as well. But I think those were just the ones that were on repeat... Because, of course, back in the day when you had a VHS tape. Yeah. And first of all, I think that we only owned maybe, like, max five to seven actual VHSs that, like, were purchased. Yeah. Every other VHS tape that we had in our home was recorded off TV. Sure. Every single one. Um, But Steel Magnolias and Dirty Dancing were... Dirty Dancing we owned. Seal Magnolias was recorded, but I played them all the time. So there's like a deep, deep foundational love um, for those. And then Boudonk Saints. I loved Boudonk Saints. Um, But anyway, that's my top five. 
but Talladega Nights is is for sure in my top ten. Right. So, and when it comes to, and like Step Brothers, Step Brothers was awesome, and that even came out a little bit later too. Yeah, well, definitely. Put your nuts set on my drum set. Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's tons. But it's just this house is a prison. Yes. Yeah. But there's, I just feel like there's no more good comedies. Like we, there was a period in like the early two thousands where they were just busting out these fantastic comedies. Yeah. And then it just died. Yeah, I don't know. Is the world too sad now? I think the world takes itself too seriously. That's for sure. Where they woke, can't come and, out with this shit now. And it gets talked about a lot where it's like it's woke culture and comedy don't mix. Yeah. Like political correctness and wokeness and comedy but are always what, at odds with each e- other. Everybody needs. Oh, but without a doubt. Like the comedian because like if you listen to the Joe Rogan experience right joe rogan's podcast is he touches on it a lot because he interviews so many comedians yeah right he like he, he'll interview everybody that he is like personally interested in learning more about or whatever but because he interviews so many comedians because he wants to give them a platform they oftentimes are talking about the fact that like the comedian is what is like the most important individual in a community or like within society. That's an interesting perspective, but it would argue would be absolutely necessary because they because they like they call out the bullshit or they identify things quick. Like it's it's the importance of a comedian is that it's like nothing is sacred. Yeah. So you immediately can call out when people are being overly shitty or mm-hmm. someone's trying to be like overly pompous or disingenuous. Comedians come in and immediately jump in. I understand that. And the fact is that people like it's yeah. So that's like comedy. I don't know. There's so many things where you question like movies that were late nineties movies or early two thousand movies about like being capable to be made now like comedies that could not have been made. So like Tropic yeah. Thunder is probably one of my favorite movies. You do love Tropic Thunder. I would say Tropic because it's because it's you, it's the you got perfect nominated for movie. Him. Yes, I mean that's what makes it so awesome, right? So Robert Downey Jr., who is an American, plays an Australian who is playing a black a black man. It's fantastic, and he legit got nominated for the Academy Awards. <laughs> that's when you knew like uh oh this, this is a rough year something like it's and so for me at yeah, Tropic Thunder I really really like I couldn't tell you like what my top five favorite movies are because the thing is like the movies that are what you named off were movies that Steel Magnolias or um, Dirty Dancing were like movies that were on repeat mm-hmm. that were favorites for me were a kid mm-hmm. and so for me like movies that made like my childhood that made like major waves when I was a kid mm-hmm were the big ones because we were so into movies. So it was like Jaws changed everything when I was a kid. I never could swim in a body of water comfortable again. And I watched Jaws a ton. And like E.T. was huge. Jurassic Park. Like these were movies. And the reason why those are so specific, those are all made by Universal. Because we went to Universal Studios. Because we went there so often. So a lot of these movies are super heavily ingrained. Like in my psyche of like, oh, that was Back to the Future. Like we watched Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 all the time. What does that sound? Just the chair. Oh. I'm trying not to move. Um, 
But those were huge, huge I've movies. I've fully seen Back to the Future. I know. There's a number of movies that cause me pain <laughs> when you say that. <laughs> when you say that out loud. Um, well, okay. Can I explain briefly in a very succinct manner? Go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. Okay. So my parents don't spend money on anything. Well, yeah. And again, talking about going to the movies mm-hmm. is there are my parent, my, my dad drug us to a Star Wars showing at like 11 o'clock at night one night. And it was the worst how I and, and I fell asleep in five minutes and I never saw Star Wars since. I've since seen it, of course, since being married to you and having the boys. And I do enjoy it. Right. But I saw Star Wars. We saw Independence Day. And my mom took us to see Beauty and the Beast and Pocahontas. That legit is the only time in working memory that I remember going to the movies, like, with my parents. Right. So, and again, anything that we watched, you better, it better have been on, like, recorded on a VHS tape. Yeah. Because in cable back in the day, and I've told you this a million times, is that for people that didn't live in the land of wealth and privilege like yourself is and had access to all the things all the time is Disney Channel around Christmas time yeah. would do like a, a two month, three month promotional where it was awesome because it was like this this lady straight from 1984 that had like the big ass perm and the giant glasses and she had her little microphone headset on and yep. just happily talking to you on the phone where it's while like, she's signing people up yeah for the disney channel yes yeah. so it's like if you know this we're gonna give you a little taste of what the disney channel is like if you would like to pay a whole lot of money to us call now yeah and it's a little bit like what henry's doing now is mom have you heard of disney world there's like a place but i used to do that to my mom mom there's a whole channel that only plays like super cool disney movies but that was the only time i ever got to see mickey mouse clubhouse when i was a kid the musketeer club it was called Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. No. Or wasn't. the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. Yeah, and they were the Musketeers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Justin Timberlake and Britney and all them. That was the time period. Mm-hmm. But um, if it wasn't, like, that's when we recorded any of our Disney movies. It was during right. that two-month period. I watched a lot of TV from, like, November to January. Yeah. But um, after that, we, n- we never went anywhere. So there's a lot of movies that are... I think foundational and like paramount for our childhood and back to the future is one of them. And I have never fully seen it. Same with Sandlot is like, I keep wanting Mike is really in. We just watched a league of their own, which is in my top 10 list as well. Right. Um, but he's really been into wanting to watch baseball movies, of course. And I'm like, Oh, there's the Sandlot. He's like, what's it about? And I'm like, I don't, I don't actually know. I've just, it was like. There are some quintessential like 90s kids movies that you have not seen. Mm -hmm. And that's what's surprising. Mm Because whether you saw it in the theaters or not is irrelevant. Like these were movies that were on like TNT. Yeah, no. Like they were playing, Mm -hmm. you know, on repeat TBS and all that kind of stuff. It would be like a 90s kid being like, what's Family Matters? And you're like, where were you? Like, Like, yeah. TGIF was mm-hmm. was big time, man. You oh, yeah. get home from school and like you prep for the night. Yeah. To watch TV. 
But that's what's crazy is like you hear a lot of folks talk about like how much um, media is consumed by kids today. And it's like, oh, it's so high. It's like we watch. There was a lot of TV getting watched. Yeah. I think, of course, the difference is you just you can't take it with you. Right. Now they can take it with them and it's like customized to the kid and they can choose or whatever. But like it was like the like in Step Brothers was like, what are you guys watching? Like he's watching cops. Mm -hmm. Like that was a that was a family event. Yeah. WWE. And cops were family and, and shows. Roseanne and Roseanne were like were the whole family sitting around, and sports for us because for us. I grew up for in sure. Chicago. So and we, we not yeah. so much like we were just in Southern California, so we well, had yeah. the Lakers and stuff. But it was that was the everybody heyday of watched the Bulls, the Bulls. right? Everybody but like we the were there. I mean, the, the, and that's and I've told people this a lot because they're like, "Oh, Chicago! Like you must be Bears fan, you must be a Bulls fan." I'm like, "Yes." And I, whether you were or not, I knew jack shit about football when I was a kid. Again, if people talk about it, it's like, yes, I went to Soldier Field all the time. My memories of Soldier Field as a child were being wrapped in a snowsuit and I would get a hot chocolate if I behaved. Right. Being little. It's, right. Yeah, but your it's, experiences are so different. I didn't know jack shit about football, but I can tell you about Frigerator Perry and I can tell you about Walter Payton. Because yeah. it was just, they were mythical figures like Santa Claus. But with the Bulls specifically, is I grew up during the right time period. So yeah. I got to go to the United Center and you get to watch Jordan and Pippen and Rodman play together. And Luke Longley and Steve Kerr and BJ Armstrong and all, you know. Know all the names. I know all the names. Grant yeah. Horace, all, all these people. Because sports back then too was... It still is a form of entertainment, but it was like, it was a different level of. And I think, I think it comes back to where like back in the day, there was only so many channels on TV. Yeah. And it wasn't like, we're not that old yeah. for like that being our reality. But I think it just was like, there wasn't, you didn't have the opportunity to watch like no. pool. And that's what's like, crazy. There's so many things yeah. now that you can yeah. watch. And that's what's crazy too is growing up as well. It's why remember when you and I were first married, and like every night we would have dinner and we would watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and then we'd go to Dairy Queen and get a Blizzard. That's when we were up here by ourselves. So yes, that's when we like and had, we had one yeah. one child. Yeah. Um, but it was a thing. Like as a kid, because I tried to watch. And Jack, Jack actually liked it. We watched Wheel of Fortune because he's good with letters and sure. he was trying to guess. Yeah. But for everyone else, it's like, what is this bullshit? Why? Why are Do we you, watching this? Yes. But it's like, as a kid, you just learned to watch what your parents watched. Because yeah. also there weren't that, again, you may be different because of your wealth. If you had a TV in your room. Like, that was not a thing until maybe I was in high school. Yeah, we didn't have TVs in our room until we were older. But but where you're driving is like, no, there wasn't like... There was like the living room but yeah, with the TV. But it never was okay to be like, go in the other room and watch what you want to watch. No. Like, it's this is family time. We're watching. And we're watching TV. That was family time. Yeah. But, but again, cops and WWE or sports is it that's how i think i learned to love sports is it was never explained to me like i played basketball and i played volleyball right? right so i had a little bit of knowledge of basketball but watching football or watching like i hated watching baseball growing up because it was the Sox and the cubs and it's the most boring shit on earth 
But you it, have to really understand a whole bunch about the sport yeah. to appreciate what you're watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as Michael and the boys are in it, I'm starting to enjoy baseball more totally. because I can understand things more. But even just not having a foundation of what anything was is like Roseanne. Like the, Roseanne was funny and they always had laugh reels. So oh, it's yeah. like you were ingrained well, they to were learn. Filmed, they also were filmed in front of a live audience right. that had the applause sign. Yeah. Or laugh sign. So it was forced laughter, but from a studio audience. Yes. Yeah. But. Um, Home improvement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, see, there's some, like, and that's why we, that's easy. Like, TV shows, you could tell it's, like, way more prevalent. Yes. Because everybody had that same shared experience. But it wasn't, again, is, I think that for, for anybody our age, it's like, yes, these shows. Like, I loved them. But if you've ever watched Roseanne now as an adult, it's like, God. These are like, this is some like deep shit yeah. that these people, and what was awesome about Roseanne now as an adult is it was one of the few shows that was just like regular people yeah. dealing with like regular shit. Yeah. King of Queens mm-hmm. did not exist. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the shows that, um, everybody loves Raymond. Like a lot of shows took that piece, that yeah. model of like a regular family living in the life. But that was Roseanne definitely was the right. first one. It was like some deep shit that for sure as a kid I didn't get. But it just – this is what we watched as a family. Yeah. So there's that ingrained level of, of love for it. Yeah. Because this is what we watched. Gladiator is up there for me. That was As way far as shows late. that I watched, like movies that I watched a lot of times. It's, I'm not talking about – but see, you're, you, mm-hmm. you're now splitting hairs between movies that you saw when you were a kid that are on your top five movies of all time. Like top five movies – I'm thinking about like movies that I watched a lot, mm-hmm. but and that, I could keep. But going that's back what's to crazy them. to me, and and it's like you're only two years younger than me, but I feel like sometimes we lived in different decades, and I don't know if it's it a is just our family differences, or if it's where you grew up, where the things that you saw, like I, your dad went to the movie premiere for Gladiator, didn't he? With me. With you. That's probably why that's one of your... But for us, it's like... Yeah, but I went the... to the Green Mile as well. Yeah. This is a really sad fucking movie. Like, that, that doesn't make my top five movies okay. of all time. Know, but no, but I hear what you're saying. The idea of going to a movie premiere is insane. But, like, what I'm saying is... But I don't say it pretentious. You take everything pretentiously. Because that's not a regular thing. Well, who cares? I'm not sharing those it's stories. Like, yeah, you know, my first car was I don't 16, share. Was... I don't share. I don't share those stories. I don't say those things. I know. I know you don't do it pretentiously, but the but fact that it comes out. No, because the fact that it comes out at all, I, you're not doing it pretentiously. I didn't but say like, it. You, you can't it. say those things in public because you're going to get punched. And I didn't. And you did. Anyway. I don't say I like the gladiator because I got to meet all the actors and it was super cool. Okay. I say I like the gladiator because I did watched the movie a lot. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe was the only guy that wasn't there. Of course. But the big Germanic dude. Met him. Joaquin Phoenix? That is not a large Germanic person. No, no, but did you? I'm not. I know. Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe were not there. Well, then what was the point? I don't know. Got to meet the director. That was sweet. Yeah. Did a QA with the director afterwards. That's cool. It was super cool. But anyway, it's. I don't know if it's just like we were behind in Northwest Indiana or if it was just the way my family was or whatever. But it was like, there are so many 80s references that I'm like, oh, this, and you're just like, like soft 80s rock, like is my jam. That, and it's not because I was born in the later, I was born in 86, but between 
like the late 80s and early 90s is where I live when I think of my childhood. And for you, it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, who are these people? It had to have been just, there's a big difference of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I also like your, what, what you're exposed to as a kid is relied heavily upon like your parents. And I think, and again, just the area is just, we were behind. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. But like, it's. It's like we were. Like, let's use like examples. Like I hear some, and it is, I was an 88 baby. Now you're 86, mm-hmm. but the difference also was that like my dad was a big fan of, so go with music. Like he was a big fan of the British invasion. Mm-hmm. So 1960s mm-hmm. of the, the Beatles, the who, right? Like all the way through the Rolling Stones, Stones. like those, those bands is what dominated. And then it, and then the bands were ACDC and Aerosmith. It was rock bands, or back then was metal. That's what what I was exposed to as a kid. So Van, you know, Van Halen, and then, and then, so for me, like in my formidable years of like trying to figure out like what I liked, and then my friends, then my friends, there was never like Prince was not on the menu. But there are so many people. It was like Michael Jackson and Prince mm-hmm. and these pop, the pop music. It was just, yeah. and, and, and Prince obviously slays and has all these things that are amazing about him. But I was also like, it seems like everyone that I know that's from mid, like Wisconsin, the Dakotas, mm-hmm. Minnesota, especially obviously like those areas where you're from, mm-hmm. it's like Prince was mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Prince was not like, not for me where I was in Southern California. It just, it doesn't mean that it, it wasn't, but like purple rain was missed on me. Yeah. And also could just come down to like, it's my dad just didn't have it in the house. Now my dad has a, a very eclectic, um, like enjoyment of music. He enjoys music for all over the place. And for me, it wasn't that like, there was definitely a time period where like when I hit like sixth or seventh grade, if it was made much later than like maybe 90, maybe like past Nirvana, mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it. I didn't know it existed. Mm. Like I was stayed such in a realm of music that was like mm-hmm. only in those time periods. It wasn't until I started getting introduced to more new age or modern like rock music was like as I – heard a song that was inside of like a movie soundtrack yeah i get like and, i just i just wasn't exposed to but it but in music god this pod this episode is just gonna be just reminiscing apparently but um it's with music too is is that's what you do as a kid is like you'd hear a song from a soundtrack mm-hmm. but and there was there were singles like you could buy the single but it was you would buy like you would pick a song and then you'd buy the whole album to oh, listen yeah. to that song for sure. And of that course. is so lost now. Oh yeah, there, there was yeah no. Do you, do you music? Well, I saw it the other day in Target like Billie Eilish like I guess vinyl is coming back. Oh yeah, it's been it's been slowly kind of picking up. You have some bands that are like only releasing on vinyl. Yeah, but she had mm-hmm. something on vinyl, and yeah. I'm like, is this just the one song? Because it's like, because kids, the idea of like having an album, 
Because you'd buy the CD for the one song that was popular, mm-hmm. and then you'd just learn all the other songs. Oh, yeah. But, like, the, like I think, that, like, the Spice Girls. Everyone had, like, the Spice Girls CD. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you'd buy it for Wannabe, and then I'm pretty sure I could sing every single Spice Girls song. Because when you get it as well, is you don't stop listening to it. No, you listen to it on repeat. And not yeah. only that, you know what song's coming next. So you can do the whole album, album. Yeah. like from start to finish. Like that was for me, like the very first album I ever bought was Sublime's album, self-named album, where it has the Sublime, mm-hmm. that's the tattoo on the original singer's upper back that says Sublime in like old English lettering. And for sure, that was an album where I, I had heard the one song. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can do that whole album for sure from start to finish because you listen to it so much on repeat. That's crazy. I bought the Titanic soundtrack. Good God. For uh, Titanic's probably in my top. For sure. Because I saw. And well, Willow, I, which sucks ass. Willow's not my top 10. I've just, I saw Willow. I liked Willow. It was stupid. I haven't seen it since it's, adulthood. You did. You watched it with me. You forced me to watch I don't, it. I don't recall this. Yeah, memory. because you suppressed that. <laughs> Bunch of fucking midgets running around. You can't say that. Midget. Okay. Yeah. No, listen, there's midgets and dwarfs and stuff inside of Wizard of Oz, and that movie's awesome. It is. Willow sucks. Our boys have not seen Wizard of Oz. Austin Powers also has a midget. Very funny movies. Yes. Yes. Willow sucks ass. Okay. Midgets don't ruin that movie. It just sucks. Anyway. Continue. Um. So Titanic, my heart will go on. I was at the right, because I was like, what, 12, yeah. 13? So I was at the right age. I saw the movie seven times in the theaters. Jesus. Not with my parents. Right. Again, you, it was like you the made four it, movies. You made a solid, yeah, the four movies. Seven with times parents. in That's the pretty theaters. impressive. And then when we bought it, it was on VHS, and it had to have two tapes. That's awesome. Because it was three and yeah. a half. So it was like, you'd watch the one tape, and then it stopped, and you'd have to put in the second tape. That's super awesome. Um, but I bought the soundtrack because I was so obsessed with Titanic. Because sure. I also like, I I love like h- historical fiction is probably my favorite genre and always has been like growing up. But it's right. like if you ask my favorite book, and this is not fiction, but it's Night. Yeah. By Eli Wiesel. Mm-hmm. I love anything that ties in. Such like, a happy ending on that. Book. I know. Of um. Like, real-life events with people's stories. I yeah. love it. And so, and of course, Leo DiCaprio is a 13-year-old girl. Was well, he like, looked like a 13-year-old girl. He did. So, it was perfect. But it was, perfect. Like, it was mm-hmm. one of these numbers. Oh, just, yeah. <sighs> JTT and Leo, man. Oh, yeah. JTT, I won a poster of at the county fair. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you tell, you need to tell the people the story of what you won me on, a, we went to the Watermelon Festival. Yes, yeah, so like, we're dating. Yeah. I think we're still dating. Within that three-week window yes. of dating and not engaged. I think engaged. this is date, like, number three. Yeah. Went to the Watermelon Festival. In, in uh, like, Leesburg, Florida, or whatever Alachua. it was. Alachua. Was it Alachua? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so there's the Watermelon Festival. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly how to really impress you. Mm-hmm. Was that I saw one of the Carney booths, mm-hmm. which was dart throwing. And we had a dartboard in our house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's easy. Mm-hmm. And so I had my eye on this really nice <laughs> eight by 10 
Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Hair super teased out. Yeah. Won that shit. There you are, my lady. <laughs> Here's your Reba. We had that up in the house. We did. Until we moved. Yes, we did. And then I was like, we, this is not... Like, you kept it. Absolutely. And I'm like, we, we are now moving. It's the, time to... We kept it because obviously that's what sealed the deal. Apparently. You're like, yep. oh, this is the guy. That's absolutely correct. Like, if a need arises... All he needs is three darts, and he can do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so. So you want, you got the, of Leo. No, poster. of JTG. At oh, the excuse me. But the, yeah, for sure. Leo is a 13-year-old girl. It's like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Totally. But I bought everything Titanic related. So, like, I read all the books. And, sure. And so, but I bought, going back to music, is I bought the soundtrack. And, of course, My Heart Will Go On is on there. Yeah. And then it's 18 songs of just instrumental music. Yeah, that, like that uh, – it's like Celtic music. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. But back as a kid, is it, it didn't matter. No. And I don't know if, like, iPods killed that. Yes. I, is that what – 100%. It? Yeah, because once that – once you then had the, the MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Right, so instead of having one album in your Walkman, Walkman, right, and you're 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 walking around, and you have one CD that's just huge, mm-hmm. right, and then it had like the shock protection, so like like it wouldn't jiggle and skip, and then freeze. Only and... for rich people. Again, I'm we talking about the progression. Had... It starts oh, from yes. you have the cassette, like you only have the Walkman that's with cassettes, and then went to CDs, and then eventually got the sh- the shock, and then. Then the next step was there were mini discs for a minute, but then the next thing is then MP3s and MP3s changed the game because now you could be like, wait, I can have ten CDs, and it's this big. But what's great? It's just it's singles. So their generation, the boys' generation, it's just it's songs. I just want songs. There is no idea of an album. There's no concept of buying music. That's true. Because you can listen to full albums on YouTube. When did Napster come out? Same when we were little. Because for sure, Late like 90s. when you could burn your own CDs, that changed the game as well. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That changed it. Changed everything. You could destroy a brand new computer though, with all like the malware. Oh yeah, LimeWire and. In like half a day. Yeah, but that's where it really started to where you now hear a song and then you went after and got that song. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, And then it's a city heard... just full of songs. But I remember that mm-hmm. being like, because I also. Well, mixtapes had been forever, right? The difference was is in order to pirate music, you then had to record it off of the radio. Yeah. But so that's you was... sit and wait and then record that yeah. one song. In Chicago, there was a station called B96 which was like the pop rap station. Like they played like Biggie Smalls sure. and Puff Daddy and like actual rap music. Um, but it was what everybody that was cool listened to. And if you had a super cool bus driver, she'd put on B96. <laughs> yes. But it was like the nine at nine. So it was like the nine most wanted songs. Yeah. They would play at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And to get to number one, you would ha- it would be like a 30, 45 minute window. Yep. And you would sit. Like I remember dur- like sitting and waiting and learning what the the nine were 
Like you'd have to learn what they were mm-hmm. to determine when yours was going to come up and sure. like have the cassette in the boom box did getting ever, ready to hit play. Did like, you ever call into radio stations to request a song? No. Oh, I did that multiple times. No. Oh, yeah. Like calling, get your requests in. Because mm-hmm. that's how like, like, okay, I know I got my request in. Like my song is coming. Mm-hmm. No, I like we knew with the nine at nine and I was not the only like I was not a weirdo. Like this was a regular thing that, that the kids did. Yes. Because you knew the nine at nine that these songs were going to be playing. I remember like I recorded, I was waiting for like old dirty bastard. Come on. Okay. But it's like, you have your two fingers like ready. Play record. Play record. Yeah. On the cassette. All that. But I, but I kind of, I miss the idea because I don't like music. You don't. No. Because you're soulless. I think there's something wrong. Correct. Like, especially because I listen to music all the time. And what's growing up, which also strange, since this is an episode about reminiscing, is I remember being in the car and there were two, like my dad, so classic rock, I know almost every word to almost every classic rock song that exists from probably... The late 60s through the 70s. A very specific branch of rock, yes. I said classic rock. No. Yes. You couldn't do Rolling Stones songs. Nor the Beatles. For sure. You for sure cannot do the Stones. You probably can't do the Who or Led Zeppelin. I'm massively offended right now. You should be. You've offended me deeply. Because I've heard some songs. I know what bands that you listen to. Like, you know bands like 38 Special. Like, you know those. Boston. For sure. I'm not saying that you have that it's not bad. I'm saying that bands that stayed very specifically either that was heavily blues related or rock related or toyed with metal, you for sure don't have that area. And I'm not saying you don't no, have it. I'm it saying would, for sure it's again, a certain genre. So back then, so it's and I think my dad still has it. It would be interesting to go in their shed and see. Is my dad had before the boom box, like whatever version of the boom box was in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. He had, and it had like the long antenna that you have to pull up. Yeah. So it was, it whatever was on the radio. I I guess I should specify. Yeah. Is any song so? Be, your dad was heavily into your family. I'm not saying it's weird. Your your family is weird, but like, your dad was heavily into albums and the whole nine and going deep. For sure, that's what he spent all his money on. Right, and. Our family was just whatever's on the radio. Mm-hmm. But, um, <coughs> bless you. Thank you. So it's any of those songs from that, from that generation that were, were played on the radio that were a classic rock song. Yeah. I know. And I know deeply from my dad, from my mom, when we were driving in the car, when I was with my mom, she would play the oldies and the oldies back then were songs from the 50s and maybe early 60s. That's awesome. We still have a station. It's 1013 here in Waynesboro that I will turn on every now and then. Yeah. That plays that generation of music. But if you go to like the oldies or like the quote unquote classics now, it's music. 80s and 90s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yep. And I remember it was really funky when Nirvana started popping up on the classic yes. rock station. You're like, wait, this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. But, um, what was the point? That's what I listened to. So I get, I, oh, so I listened to music as a kid and like, right. I have 
Yeah, the soundtrack of your soundtracks Tracks. of your childhood for sure. Right. And I played in the band. Yeah. So like Michael's Michael has joined the band and it fills my heart with joy and happiness. And yeah, because essentially he's like right around the exact same instrument you were. Yes. So it's first of all, so I played the clarinet and I played from seventh grade through high school. Um and I really enjoyed it. And I and I was good at it. There was you like, got you were good enough that so you did some paid gigs in high school. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was fun. But I I like there was a and I don't know if I was if I loved it so much because because I'm super super competitive, incredibly competitive. Right. So you had to be first chair. So I had to be first chair. Yeah. And it became the game. I think the furthest I ever moved down is there were the the top three chairs is what we had a trio and that's what we did paid gigs with. But so the lowest I ever got was third chair. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know. I enjoyed the playing of it. But for sure, when you are playing an instrument, it's different, of course, than listening to it for a million different reasons. But one of those is, is the expression of it, right? And yeah. the ability to feel and how you will, when you know what's coming, how you play it is is different from the next person. Yeah. It's it's next level of playing music. Yes. Yeah. Um. But I, I loved my band experience. I loved everything about it. Um, and that's, and Michael is now joining. And I so I play the clarinet. I'm like, dude, you can play the clarinet. And it'll be awesome. And it's like, no, A, because you played it. So I'm not going to play it. And B, because I'm not a girl. And like, for and, and it, for sure, he's right. Because it's just, it's what they see, right? So it's, our flautists, our flutists were all girls. I don't think there was a single boy. And then... And there was always, because when we were in band, it was, you had to play clarinet if you wanted to play sax, because everybody wants to play sax, right? Right. So there was over 20 clarinetists. Hmm. Um, And there were two boys. One of them moved to the bassoon, and one of them moved to the oboe. And that was it. So it was- So you ended up having no one playing sax? Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. Is is there were, there were then- um, four sax players there was two altos a tenor and a berry right and two of them were boys so but it was just it was i'm not playing the clarinet because that's for girls right and so i'm like okay then play the sax and he's you know all these different things he just he wants to do something different just because i said it but of course it's long for sure is he did his tryout and yeah. i had him do you could try out on trombone trumpet um sax flute and clarinet and because that's all that you can start with is like the wind instruments when right. you're in sixth grade and then he felt he goes i actually felt the strongest on clarinet so like this idea that was completely out of his brain is now like hmm, yeah i kind of like this but he he chose alto um with an alternate in clarinet but it's i i i cried in the band room yes yeah, so he chose saxophone he chose saxophone with an alternate as clarinet right but i i was so so proud of him because it's just music was well also what made you excited was like when he so the way you explained the story to me was like they had to go and they attempted to play a note on each of the instruments yes and so he ended up getting a very strong sound out of the saxophone and the clarinet right and it, it took me because my parents had zero musical knowledge at all right i just remember that it's like i want to join the band and my parents were like this is stupid you shouldn't do this because this is for losers and nerds 
and I'm, and I did it. And then my dad had to, so you can rent your instrument and all this. And again, my parents didn't spend money on anything. So my clarinet cost me $500. And the only reason I remember is because my dad shoved that shit down my throat of like, if you quit, I will yeah. murder you because this is so expensive and a ridiculous waste of time. Right. Um, but for sure I ended up loving it. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. It's it's cool that it ended up being like his strongest sounds ended up yeah. kind of being your thing anyway. But what's crazy is that I I just sold my clarinet before we came up here. I've had it since high school. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back up here, when we sold all our shit, yep. It was when we were really strongly assessing like our needs, the things that we need to bring. And you just never felt compelled to pick it up no and stay with it no mm-hmm. so i have lost a lot of it which makes me sad but anyway the point is is like i'm soulless and i don't like music is for sure there's something like missing something happened i hate, we've talked about it yeah mm-hmm. i hate concerts like i hate them mm-hmm. but i hate this it's multifaceted so it's a little bit of like whatever jack jack has going on with like extra sensory things yeah he hates loud noises and like he doesn't like his head to be touched and like he'll cover his ears um he's not autistic but for sure when he when he was young and he did these things it was like oh no like is this one of the signs right he doesn't there's just certain things that's just like no this triggers me and anxiety and and i have that going on as well yeah so i don't know if it's crowds because i can't but see what's interesting is you didn't the stories that you have of like being in high school, we've touched on this before, but it's this idea like there's definitely a switch that has switched for you Yeah, because but, you were in theater, you were on stage, you were yes. in front of crowds, you did yes. music, you went to concerts. Yes. So I was in high school. I did, um, I directed the musical Chicago. Right. And it is one of my favorite memories. I, I loved everything about it. Right. But in elementary school, yeah, I would go on stage and I would, I, there's videos of me like singing in front of other people, which is literally my nightmare. It obviously isn't your nightmare. Well, no. And I think I have, it's a couple things, but I for sure live this other life. In high school, I went to concerts where um, I went through a punk phase for a while. You claim to have gone through an underground punk phase for a while. I don't claim. It happened. You do claim. I, you say it happened. But I believe like, you. But I there's... would go like. You do I... have an interesting part where there is. We've been talking a lot about music because as we were dating and getting to know each other, there definitely were pieces of like it was like, you know, who Finch is. Mm-hmm. And you know, who like some of these bands that do not and mesh. And with... Fall Out Boy and all these concerts. But before. Went. Oh, yeah. Right before Fallout Boy starting was line. Fallout Boy. Yeah. Right. And so you I have love the starting line. So you have like these things that don't mesh yeah. with everything else. But I think I think what it was, because I would be like in a mosh pit. <laughs> but I remember that right. even being like, okay, okay, I'm doing this, but I don't like there's it. There's a huge difference between like there's a lot of moms here. Yeah. And I'm being and I feel anxiety to being in the middle of a mosh pit. Yeah. But that, like, you go to Warp Tour. So Warp Tour Chicago. Right. Circa 2003 is, I was there. And, like, there were, with, like, my band t-shirt. And and I think I did these things. A, the guy I was dating was into this stuff a lot. But so I right. also really, really, it wasn't like, a, okay, I hate this, but I'm doing it. Right. I really enjoyed the stuff. The mosh pit, for sure, even then, it gave me anxiety. Well, but yeah. I think... 
just growing up as I tried on a lot of different hats. Sure. Um, and I, there are things that have come, I'm not afraid. I'm a little afraid to talk in front of crowds, but like I did it at church. I don't like the reason I didn't like giving talks at church. The reason that that was overwhelming for sure is a million different reasons. But if it's like, can you go in front of a crowd and give a report on blank? Yeah. When you, yeah. As long as you know what you need to be talking about and you feel confident from your like. Yeah. But it's, I do, honestly, I have articulated now, I am more uncomfortable in interpersonal circles than I am in front of a crowd. I guess that's true. But um, I just, I think I tried on a lot of different hats and I've just learned what I like and what I don't like. And I don't know if it's because I'm a mom and there's literally 10,000 things that are spinning through my head at any given moment. Yeah. That it's just like, I don't like, I say I don't like music. It's, I don't want noise. Yeah. Like if it's, if I'm by myself, occasionally I'll turn on the radio, but it's, and I turn on the, the radio in the car because I don't want to hear the sound of my children anymore. Right. Cause I'll kill myself. But it's, if I'm by myself, I prefer silence. Yeah. And I prefer sounds. Right. So I like the sound of water. Or I like the sound of bird. Like, I, I enjoy nature sounds, and that yep. for sure calms me. And, of course, I'm not unique in that. I mean, that's what. But what's interesting is, like, that is definitely what Jack mm-hmm. likes. Yeah. Like, he asks all the time, like, can I put on rain, rain music? music? Yeah. yeah. And, and Henry is just like, for the love of God. No. Can we please turn this off? Can we play some music? Yeah. Yeah. And I, no. I don't. And I just, I think that. I don't know if I feel like I have lived different lives. There were things that I did in elementary school and in middle school and in high school that there would be no way I would do now. Right. Like, I want to try out for the volleyball team after never playing and just do it. I'm just, oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's terrifying. But that's why I'm so encouraging of the boys, especially Michael, of just now's the time, dude. Yeah, go out. Try, because he's, you know, we're trying to get him to do a winter sport. And he's baseball 24-7. Yeah. And he's getting now more into it where it's like, we need to sit and watch the baseball games. And we need to, like, analyze the players. And we need to do all this stuff. And it's just like, I love that you love baseball. But you are not going to be defined by baseball at 11 years old. Sure. Like, now's the time to do all the things. And I hope that he does. Our kids don't seem like me... Jack's the most anxiety-ridden for sure, but they seem willing to just be like, okay, let's try. And I think that's kids in general. Yeah. Right? I think that's like there is obviously something that does get switched. Yeah. They're not and I just equate paralyzed it to like, by their own inadequacies. Yeah. And I think it's also being paralyzed by like how others perceive you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that that's what stops us. And I think especially for moms. Exactly. Yeah. Is now all of a sudden that? you have like, you're never from a point of confidence. Never. You're not standing from a point of like, I am the resident expert at this thing yeah. and I feel confident. Or it's like, this is just supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yep. And this is not a big deal. Yeah. And then everything is like, well, no, no, this is a really big deal. Yeah. Like if you don't feed your kid the right thing, like did you breastfeed? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well, then you're a failure. Then you fucked your kid up. Like your kid, I don't even know. Like I'm, I'm surprised they're still alive. Yeah. And it's like, well, God damn it. I know. <laughs> but that's, 
but that that's it. It's it like is. it's it's that attitude about every goddamn thing. And so the reality is, is that we no longer can do anything just for fun. It's like, oh, well, like we're just going to go and like, have fun or do whatever. And it's we're doing this. And like, yeah, the kids are going to get some ice cream. Be like, oh, well, like, do you think that's good for them? Yeah. Like, fuck you. What are you talking about? Do they have about? a dairy-free alternative? Yeah. It's like, do you and, know how they treat conventional cows? And the, Yeah. No. It's like, I just wanted to get the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have to be worried about all of these things now. And it's worse. But for sure, I think that our kids are going to be saddled with that a lot earlier because of media. Because of the ability to put on a show. I hope that there is a mass pendulum swing for their generation where it's just like, we hate all social media and we're not on it. And we are hermits. Because for sure, we, our generation, God, it's going to be so unique when we are talked about in the history books. Because we are the, the, the first and the last generation in a lot of respects because it's, we are the last generation to experience life pre-internet mm-hmm. and pre-computer and the first one to utilize that technology from its inception. Yes. Yes. You agree with me because it's from a, from a childhood perspective, I should say. So like new technology that came out, a lot of it is, is used for business, right? Was used for a purpose we took it and used it recreationally. We were the, maybe the first ones to do that. That's what I'm saying. At a young age. But the reality is, is that Henry was born with a touchscreen. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is like. But he we, doesn't have memory of what it was like before. Yeah. That. Is, is yeah, our that. generation is the last generation that can recall like, yeah, remember talking to your friend on the phone. While and still like, being a kid. Yes. Right. I yes. Understand. Of yeah. like. That these things is there was my mom talks about memories of being a child and sitting in the kitchen with the phone because there's the one family phone and it's corded and you you know it's um, but we have that same memory right I've I've, and it's so stupid that like this stuck in my head but I'm like I do that is watching Honey I Shrink the Kids and Mm -hmm. the big sister Amy is talking to the boyfriend or the friend on the phone and she's all tangled up in like the cord and twisted seventeen times is that always comes in my brain because i'm like i do that too and it's just it was like this connection but we're the last generation that recalls that yeah i understand that had been from previous generations yeah um but anyway is we took technology and made it recreational in a lot of respects and we ran with it and so through every big like you you had whatever it is the late 90s with like windows 99 and then AOL dial up internet. And then you fast forward 20 years and it's insane. And we have been there and at the forefront of every major technological advancement within the last 20 years, which has been extremely vast, right? Right. But I hope that as the kids grow up and become adults that that it, that it switches. Is, is we can see because we're adults, we're like, oh shit, this is bad. Like, this is bad that the kids can't be away from a tablet because, yeah, we watched and we consumed a lot of media as a kid. But again, is if it was time to go, if we're going to the store, it wasn't like, okay, well, I need my tablet. No, that's not a thing. Right. It's just there was there was a switch. You could be stuck in front of the TV with a bag of Doritos as a kid for 
all all damn day long. But if you were going somewhere, that didn't come with you. Sure. And now we have the ability for literally to never leave our side. And we see the problems as adults and we're like, oh shit, this is bad. And we love to blame the kids for the started That started with Game Boy. Yeah. Which, of course, we also didn't have. Neither did I. You didn't have a Game Boy? Not until it was much, much later. I find that hard to believe. Mm -mm. My parents did not let us have the video games. Because my my mom and I don't know about dad, but I know for sure they were like adamant. Like it's we're not having them in the house. And it wasn't until like, you know, we got a little bit older and it was like, all right. Yeah. But that's for sure what I did. Yeah. Is I was adamant that we were not getting a system. I still don't know. Do we have a system? I think Mm -hmm. the system has been hand me down. Yeah, we had the PlayStation that he had, and and uh, like Johnson had given us a yeah. Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't super get used, but it's like it's um. But I. Fought. But nowadays you don't need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Mike doesn't play anything on a system. No. He plays on his computer. computer. Yeah. But for and for sure, COVID exacerbated that. Of just like God, there's literally nothing else. Well, and video I games hate. are on the tablet. You know, the very first video game <clears> the kids <throat> ever, the very first video game the kids ever played was Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's different because we had Sega that was very much attached oh, yeah. to the TV yeah. and, and you could not leave. But is I hope when they grow up that it's they go the opposite direction and it becomes like 1952 again. I don't foresee that happening because there's no separation for them of i think it, it, it's less important for me to be able to have it to where it swings the way you're talking about there definitely is right so we know there's folks in our generation that are having kids that are we've made fun of them multiple times on the podcast <laughs> that it's like it's my kids don't play with things that have batteries mm-hmm. like it's only wooden toys yeah and for me it's that sounds great but the problem is that you're going to handicap the fuck out of your kids I can argue. I can argue both sides to that, and I and I disagree with any argument that that's a good thing. Okay, like I understand why someone would do it, and I think on its on like face value, face value, and on paper that sounds great. Mm -hmm. The issue is though that because everything is going to involve a technological component, Mm -hmm. you are going to handicap that portion of your kids. Now, like they don't need to be too and be involved for sure but definitely it does need to be a piece where it's like you are able to have your kids be exposed and what's the important piece is the balance yeah to be able to have michael will sit on a computer all day if you let him Mm -hmm. but he'll also go out and chop wood yeah so there's like it's it's those pieces where and and i and i stand on this firmly because i think it's whether it was 1970 and there were the tv options Mm mm-hmm whether no matter what it was there have always been at any point there's always been babysitters for your kids and it just relies on the parents being too lazy to be involved but that's what's crazy is is i freaking hate my least favorite group of people is women ages like 55 to 70 right they're such whiny opinionated cunts yeah and i can't tell you how many times i'll get and it's always them that because they're on fucking facebook right that's Mm -hmm. that's their that's their demographic and that's what's so crazy it's like all these kids on social media and it's like bitch you don't put your phone down right obviously because you have 87 shares and posts because you just figured out how to share something and you're super excited or like post a sticker yay for you but the reason that i get so 
upset about the demographic is because talk about being holier than thou. Mm -hmm. It's they're the ones that love to post when it's like, like I did my lawn. I had my, I took a picture of laundry. I'm like, this is what laundry looks like when mom works all week. And then their comments are like, yeah, it's time that you started teaching your kids how to do their own laundry. You know, by that age, I was doing my own laundry. It's like, good for fuck. That's not the point of this. And it also is not true. It's it's not true. But that's what's crazy is it's like, you guys love to pretend that you were the best parents and that you were ra- And for sure, there was a, there's a hardness to that generation that you cannot take away from them. Sure. And the reason is, is as everyone's like, well, how did people back then have five kids and deal with it? I'm like, it's easy. They were allowed to beat their children. And they that, didn't have to watch their kids. And they didn't kids. have to watch their kids. That's what's crazy is is that generation loves to talk about like that they were that they were these phenomenal parents. And it's like the the idea of it takes a village came about because in the fifties and sixties when there's these fucking cookie cutter houses all on one street, it's you. That's how the story of my grandma of I kicked the kids out of the house with a frozen loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and says, walk until the bread thaws. You could do that shit. Because there was a mother in every single yes. home. And guess what? And, and, all, all, and all you did is you smoked cigarettes, you smoked mm-hmm. your Pall Malls, and you drank your tab soda with your group of socialite friends and talked about your beehives and your perms and whatever else and your cheating husbands. Like, time hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. That like it, it Like, social norms of like women and community and all these things it has evolved and it is and it is in a bad state right now right but it has always existed this idea of like we hate our children and they need to get the hell out of our house yeah kids have never not been annoying yeah to yes adults. since the beginning of time mm-hmm. right but it was like they, they love that group that 55 to 70 they love to look at their history through rose-colored glasses in which that they were these perfect children that like did all their chores and sat at the table dinner table every night and like ate their peas like it's and it's just that didn't happen yeah you were just as obnoxious as my boys are and guess what you bitched about doing your own laundry too yeah and me ma your mom owned slaves yeah so shut up yes like, but what if, the fuck are you talking about? But here's about? the difference. Yeah. is because is there's all these stories. It's like, well, yeah. Because, again, my grandma was, she was a big personality. Dolores was right. a big personality. But she was she was a great grandma. But if you ask her five children, it's they have a very different opinion. It's like, yeah, she was a great mom. And it's a testament to how good of parents they are of how much their five kids still like love and adore them mm-hmm. but if you sh- the stories between my mom and my aunts and my uncles it's like yeah if we didn't do our laundry then Dodie would come in our room and pull out all our damn drawers and dump them and then make us you know reorganize everything or she'd pull our hair or like all these things it's like it just that happened one time yeah yeah yes yes you know what i mean and the other 99 percent of the time is mm-hmm. Dodie just ended up saying fuck this i'll do it for sure, for sure. Because that's it's just. But it just takes one time. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. to have that yeah. memory. Yeah. Carved in your mind for the rest of time. Like there's a couple one-time incidents that occurred when I was a youth. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. That word. that just was like, oh my god. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll not make mom mad. Yeah. Like that again. again. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 
but there's those instances, but it's not like it's, but that wasn't every day. No. And that's what, that's the, re, but the, what gets shared, like you said, is those rose colored glasses. And it's like remembering, uh, um, Stephen Colbert, when he still had the Colbert report, he came out with a book, I think it was like, um, America, like, uh, whatever, like America, remembering the America that never was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, that is for sure. That generation is mm-hmm. that comes back. And I think it just probably is just, we talk about this all the time is that a big goal that we have as we get older and get into those, that, that frame of years is to try our best to remember what it was like. Yeah. And I talk about this this, time period. I talk about this with my friends all the time of just like the overbearing mother-in-law and like never doing the right things with our kids or like that there's issues where it's like, I Christmas time gives me so much anxiety because like we have to choose between his mom and like my parents and then his mom complains because she's up. It's just like this, this tension that exists. And we talk about it all the time. It's like, how can we remember what it's like to be a mom with young kids and having to make these decisions and not give our own kids shit for it? Right. And also like being in the grocery store and your kid is freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And you have those folks that feel like they have to come up and let you know yeah. that you're a bad mom. Yeah. And it's like, God. But like, how disconnected the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Like, it never was not this way. Yeah. Yeah. Kids were always this way. But that's, that's why my like, kids it... have always been the same. Yeah. It's what we do as parents that are the difference maker. And that's where, for me, it's like both parents working and parents now trying to just are equally have their nose in their phones or in technology mm-hmm. that don't want to be involved and don't want to have to. Mm-hmm. Why is your grandmother? considered in your mind such a good grandma she was there man but she was there for all the things that's it yeah it is time yeah time spent time spent and attention given Mm -hmm. why does your mom consider her grandma not the best grandma same reason great grandma emily did not give a fuck it was like, you little bastards, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. We are smoking. It's Bloody Mary's. It's 9 a.m. and it's bridge time. Yeah. Fuck off. Yes. It's like, she's really mean, everybody. <laughs> like, everybody stay away from grandma. Yeah. And so, and that was her grandma. Mm-hmm. And for sure, for me, my dad's parents would come for a month at a time mm-hmm. and visit. And they would stay with us for a month. And for me, it was like, oh. Grandpa and Grandma Fairbanks are the best. Mm-hmm. They had no money, mm-hmm. bought no things, mm-hmm. but they literally were there the same way that your parents, mm-hmm. when they're here, it is like every waking moment we are hanging out with the kids. Mm-hmm. We want to do stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. And your dad definitely gets to have the award of the most loved grandparent. Hands down. It's not even close. My poor mom. It's just because, and that's why I'm like, it's having boys. It's also it's boys, just, yeah, for sure. It's this identity. But it's like your dad is in it for time. Your mom's a busybody, so she has to be doing chores. So she's doing chores all goddamn day because that's what she has to do to, like, yeah. obviously survive and breathe oxygen is also be working, right? Same as you. I identify with that. But Poppy's just fun all the time. Poppy's like, let's go get ice cream. Let's hang out. Let's play, play games. Yeah. Let's, t- like... Tickle fights. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the MC for your beatbox battle and rap battle, which are, <laughs> I can't even be in the same goddamn room when I hear the kids doing it. It makes me want to die. 
but it's stuff like that that, that he wins the award. Yeah. And for sure, my mom's my mom's parents were around more. Yeah. Because they were here with us all the time. Yeah. But it wasn't the same. Yeah. And it just was, and and it didn't mean that like my mom's mom, she spent a lot of time with us. Yeah. But a lot of times it was time where it was like we're gonna go walking, yeah. and we're gonna go for a walk, and we're gonna walk next to each other. But we're not hanging out. And like if I don't walk correctly, I get corrected because my toes are pointing out and I need to have my toes be forward. Oh, oh yeah. Like it needs you to stand up with your shoulders back. Love, don't slouch. I love Arabella. For sure. I love her as an old, weak, incapable woman. <laughs> but but she was also she was a good grandma. But yeah. going to the beach with grandma was grandma's going to sit under the umbrella and she's going to read her novel yeah. while we play in the water. Yeah. It wasn't the same. Yeah. yeah. And so that is definitely, it's just time spent. And so that is where your goal as a grandparent is to be your grandchild's friend. Yeah. Your goal as a parent should not be trying to be your kid's friend. No. But I think, so here. But it's, it's, but to finish this thought all the way through is that it's, it is the time that is spent that makes all that difference. Yeah. And so it's like, if you want your kid to have certain inherent values, or you want to make sure that there's certain things that they are exposed to. It takes work, which means you got to fucking put your own things down. And now you don't get to do the work that you need to do. And yeah. now I got to go take the kid out to show him how to cut wood because I don't want him to cut his goddamn foot off. And that, but I like, it's, I feel that so hard because it's, and I think everybody's busy being busy, which we know. Yeah. But it's, I am so anxiety ridden as a mom. Cause like, I feel like I don't have time to do goddamn anything because mm-hmm. I have all the freaking things. And I understand that as a parent, most of the time, and we've talked about this a million times about phones and social media and, and, and videos and all these things that just become time sucks that it's, everybody has the same 24 hours. It's like how you use it, whatever. But it's. Kids have been the same forever because mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, kids these days, right? Kids have been the same forever, but the what is being produced is vastly different. Totally. And that's because even like you are now coaching football. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, we're not talking like Henry, Hen, Henry's, they're little, right? And they've always been little and they've been like that forever. But it, you're talking about like. The seniors, so young teenagers. Five to thirteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not. Yeah, you're you're coaching five to thirteen, but the right. seniors are like they're they're teenagers, right? Right. But you're like they're just a bunch of soft ass bitches. Yes. And what you would assume is because we live so Waynesboro has this yeah, inter- reputation. We, we we have we definitely in comparison to all the surrounding area, we have what would be considered an inner city. Yeah. Quote, for a quote. very very small small town yes. for a rural community. Yes. We're the it's most laughable if you have ever seen an. Correct. City. But it's you would assume that those kids are more rough and tumble because of their upbringing. And what you're finding is the opposite is yeah. it's no, they everybody's a soft ass bitch. Like you would assume because we have the poor black and Latino kids on the other side of the tracks yep. that we're going to be better in sports. Cause that's typically how it is, is you have the rougher kids. Yeah. And, or- and, and less, and less important, like, Black and Latino is going to go – reality is hand-in-hand hand with low SES. But yes. the fact is it doesn't matter. No. Even the kids that were the white kids, white. that were the rougher kids, yeah. 
they were rough. Yeah, but rough. But they're typically it's that like they go hand in hand. There's like, an edge. Yeah, typically. an edge. Better athletes, right? And you're finding that those things are not colliding the way that they used to. And the thing is, is just because of the vast disengagement from parents. Yeah. What's crazy is like you. T- well, it's also and vast disengagement with parents, which that's usually been pretty consistent. I was gonna say yeah, because back in the day it was like. But it's what the kids have available to them to now waste their time. Yes. And so that's what's crazy is that even the kids that are low SES that we have are not cutting their teeth by beating the shit out of each other in each other's backyards or running the streets. Yeah. They literally are sitting on or video playing games. street ball, yeah. Right, like they're it's yeah, it's yeah. it's that time is being wasted on the video games, and the problem is is that there isn't someone that's pushing them to go do something else. Yeah. So they literally are burning the or majority even because like time. you're talking about disengaged parents. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about low SES, the other side of the tracks, right? As far as disengagement, now again, I am not. This is so not a judgment. Those you have the poor single mom that's dealing with a myriad of shit that I could never possibly understand. Or, or and the, that, they're just at work. Right. I mean, but that's been the same for multiple generations. That's not new, right? For sure. But it is that if those parents have been disengaged for so long, mm-hmm. it, that hasn't changed, but there's definitely a different product of child that has come about. Yeah. And it's because even with disengagement from a parental perspective is the thing, like that's why community is so important. Yeah. And the things that they did before video games were available is even if you didn't have mom and dad there, obviously to engage with you, to direct you in an activity, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, mm-hmm. is you would be involved in something and you were learning some way, somehow. Even if it Again, wasn't good things. Even if it wasn't good things. Right. But it was like you, the in just those 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 lessons that translate to athletics of like, if you, if you were playing street ball, is you had to learn to be a tough motherfucker right. or you're not going to get to play. Right. You're going to get the shit kicked out of you. And mm. like that's such an important life lesson Yeah, that translates so well. And it's not being taught. It's not. But because nowadays what the kids are going to, it's it's Mario Kart. So it's like, what are, what are we learning from Mario Kart? That if you die, it's, oh, okay. I, re, I regenerate or why whatever. And it's like, it's, there's no tough lesson mm. at all. Right. And because there's no tough lesson now that they're playing football and separate the fact that it is a physical component. Yeah. It's, it's something that's hard. So like for my, and this is why I was such, cause I have a lot of friends now that are like, Oh, I love that Michael's in band. Like we try to get our kid in band and they're like, they're just not interested. And for us, if Michael was very, very, very adamant that he did not want to play band, I may have felt differently, but he for sure was indifferent and more antagonistic at first. Mm-hmm. But we were pretty staunch in the fact that it was like, no, you're going to do this. He cried for days. Michael cried for days about band. I don't recall this. Okay. Because you so you have an amazing memory <laughs> of like what you do to your memory. I don't know. But no, he came home. It was last year before spring break where we had to decide his electives. And we're like, you're doing band. And he was like, you're doing band. And he's like, no, I'm like, you literally don't have a choice. Yeah. And, and he for sure wept. I don't recall. That. Yes. He, he wept openly. 
Okay. And then we dealt with like, it was like, what we, we don't care, Michael, no. you're going to do this. And it was like, and then it was like the next day, it's like, I'm not doing man. It's like, you are misunderstanding. This isn't a discussion. Yeah. And it was the exploratory route. It sounds awesome. And there's a lot of super cool things that are involved in it. Sure. And I hope that at some point he gets access to those items. But the main reason, because for a lot of people, it's like, well, my kid, it's just, you know, they're just not interested in like, in with the, the musical side of it. It's like, there's the same way with athletics. The reason that we are such sounds components of the idea that our, our kids are going to do some sort of athletic. But again, if they were super anti, because I know that there's a lot of parents that are like, well, my kid just doesn't like athletics. They don't like the competition. They're not athletic. That's fine. There's a million things that exist. Mm-hmm. I still advocate that athletics will teach you more than you will ever learn in school out of arguably anything. But it's the, with band, the reason, and this is why I tell people, I'm like, the reason that we push Michael to it is because it's hard. Because people are like, well, you know, I also, I wasn't in band. I don't have any musical experience. So like, I hope they don't need help. Uh? And it's like. It's my, not, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it is not a um, judgment that's on our end of folks that don't have their kid do band. But for me, it's every other thing that are the electives mm-hmm. he's been exposed to. He's been, but here, So for me, it's always about exposing to something new. Right. And for me, the main point, and this is why I drive home, is that it's it's hard. Right. Band is hard. And, the re- and you said like, oh, he, I cried because he got a strong sound out of the instruments on the first try. Right. It took me two weeks plus to get any sound out of my clarinet right and i remember many times and being like i can't do this i made a mistake and within that two week period when i first started like this is too hard i can't do it and my parents being like bitch we spent five hundred dollars on your clarinet you're gonna figure this shit out right but it's us with that with michael is so tying everything together is you have that physical component with football and you could have some kids that are just like, I don't like being physically attacked in this way. Totally. And I understand that. Yeah. But it's not all that. Cause if they had a desire to play football in any way, shape or form that is in there somewhere. But the soft ass bitch part that comes out is that everybody is just like, I want to do this because it's hard. Exactly. And that for some reason is, Technology, of course, has softened us because mm-hmm. of convenience. Because back in the day, it was everything that you had to do. Even if you were being a lazy bum on the couch, is if you wanted to change the channel, you still had to like physically get up to do it. Right. But that's a very, very mild example of the reality on just you had to do things back then. Well, yeah, because the football was hard. Mm-hmm. Football, football has always com- been hard and football compared to what you would have to do otherwise mm-hmm. was better than what you were going to have to do yeah, football was fun because at least it was a sport yeah yeah it and so for me yeah so it's like it never it was like this is hard but i get to hit people yeah and i don't get in trouble for hitting people in fact they like me more the harder i hit others mm-hmm. so for me it's like this is awesome mm-hmm and for and so it's like if there's an alternative option that's not hard kids will always pick 
But what is the least hard but option? People to love do? to blame kids for that. It's like that is that's human consistent. nature. Totally. Yeah, d- adults too. But that's why like the pandemic shit has been so goddamn dangerous. Is because we have taken away the ability for for anything. Where now it's like the, yeah. literally everything can be delivered to your door. And there's nothing. We had to pause. I don't know what we I was saying. Pause. I don't know what we were talking about. But. Um, hard is football was hard, but it was still fun because it was sport and people liked you more for doing it. But, right, but it's just, just oh, it's having, human nature. That yeah, it's human having, nature just to take the easy way out. And the pandemic. Yeah. So is everything now. Everything now, though, is instead of softened. Right. And bless you again. No, went away. It's coming. There we go. But instead of having to adapt to our surroundings we're forcing the surroundings to adapt to us yes yeah and and that's and that's a problem yes yes and right now what we're doing is we're forcing our surroundings to adapt to literally the 0.03 percent whatever the lazy like and that even has to be the laziest you could use this in the most extreme examples so you open the door for pandemic if the pandemic and what is happening is killing 0.03% of the population, we have now changed everyone's lives, everyone's, and crippled businesses to account for that 0.03% of deaths. That means 99, right, 0.07, however we want to run that stat, it's above 99% of the people that are not going to die. And I have cannot, not died. I cannot confirm or verify that. But I That's understand fine. the point. But the point a is. A very, very, very small percentage. Tiny. Yes. yes. And so it's like, well, because these people could die, we change everything. Yeah. And it's that premise has been getting laid for years. And it started with 0% tolerance of bullying. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say no child time left ago. behind in zero tolerance for and bullying. And it's just, and it is meeting an apex at this point. Now on a global of that kids can't handle jack shit. People yeah. can't handle. And so whoever our lowest possible denominator, the lowest people percentage that could be affected, somehow now we have to change everything. And the fact is, is like it's like we've taken Darwinism and just flipped it on its head. Yeah. Whoever the weakest is, is that's what now what we to. have to account for. And it's like you're, and I get it. You have a lot of different mindsets of like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. And it's, but you know what the Spartans did with folks that were the weakest link? I know. But like, they got rid of them. I know. But no more weak links. I know. And I'm not saying it has to be that extreme, but right. the reality is like, if you have a chink in your armor, right? So literally if you have a dent in armor, it was dangerous to have because mm-hmm. it was a weak part in your armor that almost made your armor useless. Mm-hmm. You didn't just live with that weak chink in the armor. Yeah, you fixed it. You had to fix it. And so the fact is, is let's say it's not going to be infanticide, right? I know. Let's say it's not killing the babies and it's not euthanasia of mentally handicapped people. Yeah. But the fact is, is that it does need to be something where we are helping strengthen and raising the tide instead of being like... Lowering the standard. And that's it. That's what and we've talking. touched on this a lot of different times, but it does come back to this as well, where it's, well, this is too rough. 
this sport is too rough. Mm -hmm. This is too dangerous. So we need to lower the danger to be able to account. Now, I'm, I'm big on the contact sports and the CTE stuff and I'm and I'm not super huge on having kids yeah, you be in agree contact sports. with the fact that football is too dangerous to play and should not be done in pads and helmets at such a young age the way that it used to be years done years and years right yes. for the year for, for the way it has been done forever Correct. but it doesn't change the fact that it is still a violent sport mm-hmm. and you want to change it so that people don't lose their minds, mm-hmm. kill themselves or kill their families. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with that. Yeah. But if it's too hard because the kids are too soft, if that's why we're changing it, mm-hmm. now I have a problem. Yeah. And it's like, ah, but this is so hard. And like, the- it's like we used to be able to do like, it's 12 pull-ups, you know, used to be the standard. Let's use that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but we need to lower that. There's no physical reason for safety why that would need to be lowered other than that now it's too hard and nobody can pass. Yeah. We That's keep expanding our airplane seats instead of addressing right? the deeper problem. But that and yeah. I think that that is a really really good example. Is that airlines now let's ignore the fact that they are shrinking the seat size and shrinking the aisle size so they can fit more people on a plane because they want to make more money. But the fact is, is that there isn't, there's now complaints of like the seats need to be bigger because we're too fat. Yeah. And it's like, what? You have this backwards. Yeah. And I think that that is very much, it's that's a huge piece of this. And I think that is a piece that I don't think we were even necessarily wanting to touch on, but it is definitely, it's a major component of what we're seeing with the kids and with parents is now what we want. It's like, well, my kid doesn't like loud music. So no loud music can be played. Yeah. Well, it's why, and, and I get it and I don't, but it's the, the peanut allergies. It's yeah. well, we have a peanut allergy in the classroom. So nobody, nobody can have peanut butter. And I understand, like I do have a cousin whose son is so deathly allergic to peanuts that it's like the aerosol that's created could kill the poor bastard. But it's like. Then that kid it does not, should be homeschooled. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. Like it's, it's the reality is. And I understand as a parent, this desire is like, well, no, I want my child to be exposed to things. It's like, yes, but your child has a limiting factor that you are now demanding the rest of the world to accommodate to. It's the movie, The, and, yeah, the, accountant, the accountant, that you go to all the time. Which is just the world is not going to adapt to your needs. But we have now created a world in which that happens. Mm-hmm. So our kids are going to grow up to where it's... But it already it's things where it's like they feel like the fact that Jack knows it's like, well, that's racist. It's Jack, you don't know what racism is. Like it's what I think that these are important topics. Totally. But it's it's this need that... The very, very small percentage of society has that now it's if the rest of the world doesn't adapt to what my beliefs are and my feelings. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I am all about inclusion. I'm all about compromise. I'm all about knowledge and, and that everybody should have a fair shot at things. But there are just some things that it's this expectation that we need to cater to your needs. But that's how people are nowadays. And that's what pisses me off. And everybody caters to it. The reality is, is that it's the smallest, smallest percentage of people that are the absolute loudest mm-hmm. that are on Twitter yeah. 
that are now causing major corporations to be fearful and and make stupid apologies or change things or do whatever because they are the loudest, most obnoxious percent. And they're so tiny. Now, for Henry's kindergarten thing, one of the questions is like, is there any holidays or celebrations that your family doesn't celebrate? It's not like, what do you guys celebrate? It's what do you not celebrate? Because if I say... How come you didn't give to me? You realize we could have Googled that? Do you know how many holidays there are? We could have given them like 500 holidays that, that we, we don't celebrate. But that's what... Because you realize that every day are like... National... Four different national holidays yes. of some fucking kind. Yes. 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 We don't celebrate National Hot Dog Day because I could have given a whole reason. Like it's... It's, it's yeah. like lines. Like I could have written a paragraph. But that's what's crazy is it's just... As a kid... If someone had a birthday party in the class, guess what? They could hand out invitations. And right. it didn't have to be for the whole fucking class. It didn't matter if people's feelings got hurt. Right. That's why the idea, and I've talked about this before, of like, I'm going to invite you to my birthday party. was like the nicest thing that someone could say to you. Because they didn't have to invite the 20 other kids in the class just because they're in the class. And that's also why. But now on the kindergarten thing, it's... Like, if someone had a birthday party, they could bring in cupcakes. It didn't matter if the Jehovah's Witness that was in the class didn't celebrate. We were still having the Halloween party. We were still having the birthday party. Mm -hmm. But now it's, we we understand that um, birthdays are a time for celebration, but we kindly ask that you don't send an invitation so that no one feels left out and that some families choose not to celebrate. It's like, then fuck them. 99% 99% of the kids that are going to be in his class are are going to go to a birthday party, mm-hmm. are going to celebrate the standard holidays that we have in America. Yeah, and if you don't like that, then that's okay. We had the super, the super Jewish kid growing up, Alex, who was our friend, and his mom was fantastic. Because guess what? You celebrate, you had the Christmas concert and i'm not gonna get on like the republican podium of like we say merry christmas and god bless america around here because this is america Mm -hmm. it's no i recognize that there are a lot of winter solstice based holidays right right that exist in the world but as a kid it was the christmas concert that we had right so instead of being anti and bitching Alex's family, who did not celebrate Christmas because they're super Jewish, the mom just came in with Jewy stuff, and we had a Hanukkah celebration on one right. of the days, which she was just, cool, which was super awesome, and I mm-hmm. got to learn all about Hanukkah. Yep, and it's, it's, it doesn't always have to come from a place of victimhood. <laughs> yes, and that's, yes, and that's yes. where all of it comes from. Now is now it's a victim. Yeah, and the problem is there's yes. a lot of things that are being pushed in public schools and being pushed as a national narrative of being a major proponent for victimhood yes and it's like everybody that's not real and that's not and that's it everybody doesn't want to play that card it's just a super super loud minority that wants to play that card and that's why it's like it's if you shut the news off and we said this before if you shut the news off and you just interact with people in your community they don't give a fuck yeah they don't care people they're just well, regular people that want to do regular things because the brewery that's going to run the Christmas party or whatever, they don't have to apologize for that. Yeah. It's just, and that's what's happening in normal communities. Mm-hmm. In your normal communities, they're throwing this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what's reality. And so it definitely is this piece. And it, it, there's so many stories 
that I think it's, it's worth ending, but it's just, it's, we are feeling a need to allow the loudest or the weakest to go unchecked because of what's politically correct or whatever. And it's like, it's no, it's just because. And, and I do think, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I think that the media perpetuates that. Cause the, the thing that I keep coming back to in my brain, we talked about it and it's a very, very, very small example on a much larger scale is obviously the media and the news, there's a mass division, right? If you come out and say, I am a Democrat, then you are hated by a, a, a you are hated by the other side right. or vice versa right mm-hmm. is there is just you're one or the other there's this massive division you're a masker or you're not and because those because of that decision it goes there's so many other things that they, you get placed in these categories right right but it's the other day when we were at a baseball game a dude came up to you and he goes I'm so sorry, but when you weren't looking, someone stuck that gator head on the back of your car. Right. And he was, and he was and wearing it, a Georgia t-shirt. He was wearing a Georgia t-shirt. And again, this is kind of a stupid example, but it's what my brain keeps coming back to is, and especially during um, the Florida Georgia game, right? Always around Halloween is it is one side or the other. And right. you freaking hate the other side. For sure. You hate Georgia or you hate Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, and that, of course, gets perpetuated as there's this build up to this game and you, everything that you watch on TV and everything is pushed with a propaganda towards those two sides. But it's, here's this dude that it's, he's a Georgia fan and you're obviously a Florida fan and mm-hmm. you have your belief. But it is, it is a fun and game situation because there's an understanding that it's like, he just, he's just part of the community. Right. Because even though he is a staunch Georgia, Georgia fan, fan mm-hmm. and you are for it's your kids both play baseball. Right. And you both live in this in community and you work in this community and there's like there's camaraderie and there's commonality that for sure exists and that's what and again it's a fun and game situation. Right. But it's that situation is like that because there's no media involved. If you were to see that same dude on game day mm-hmm. and Fuck had ESPN on day long, like bitches get in fights and get like stabbed and shot every mm-hmm. year at the world's largest cocktail party because of the shirt that they wear because of the shirt that they wear. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's crazy is if you take away the media part of it and the tribal, and, but the, it's also major tribal. It, like it, there to, is tribalism, but the, but your, your point is not lost of, the importance where we can still be in these tribes, these yeah. groups that we belong to, but and still be able to live in a community coexist together, because right? there is commonality in other things. Right. Is I may believe I may hate Donald Trump and you may love him or vice versa, but it's that is one that is one piece that I wholeheartedly may disagree with you on. But there, I can find other things that align us, and I know that that sounds cheesy. It's like well, it's find, not, find, but it's find but it what but it isn't together, it, not what separates you. But it's the reason why you feel like that could be cheesy, though, is because what you're seeing in the media is that the media's job is to serve a much higher purpose, mm-hmm. and that purpose is solely to divide. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that you have the people 
that love Trump or hate Trump. And because in, in, in a stupid, because it's surrounded by one freaking man. Mm-hmm. And then there's these assumptions that get based of like, well, because you love Trump, that means you this and you this. And it's like, bitch, no, like people are so multifaceted. How about people that believe the earth is flat? The reality is you're going to have people that like talk about if you think if someone believes that the earth is flat and people that don't. But there's this, but that's what's crazy Mm -hmm. is like, and you are a conundrum because it's like, yeah, you can argue the Republican side. You Mm -hmm. personally, as John Fairbanks can argue the Republican side and you like guns and you like hunting and you like a lot of these stereotypes that go with it. But it's like, damn it. You also like to go to the theater. And right. you enjoy, you know, it's, it's, you're convoluted, but you're not unique. No, more people are more convoluted. Yes. And that's, right. what's crazy is that people, there's commonality in everything. And even like, okay, so I go back to like my brother, my brother and I live very different livelihoods, very different lifestyles and have very different foundational beliefs. Right. But, and there's a lot of things about him that I don't understand. And right. I don't agree with, and he does the same thing with, with me. Right. But it's, God, it's cheesy, but it's like, we're still people. Right. But it's, there is something that we have that, that has aligned. It was our upbringing. It is the fact that we are living in this time period mm-hmm. at this moment. Like there's, there are things that can be brought to light, but that's why it's so important for looking at the local community mm-hmm. and breaking it down is because again going back to the georgia guy is because he lives in this area and works in this area and also has a son who also plays baseball like that's what seemed first and not the divisive part of it you have that tribalization and that's what led him to to say that comment to you right because it's hey dude i i i can't keep my mouth shut because you're from florida and i hate florida and right. it's, but it and that's why my retort was oh obviously they were giving out free shirts at Salvation Army yes and you got stuck wearing that one yes right. yes yes but it, and again and it's a fun and game situation but it's there's more there that aligns everybody than than divides Without but I a doubt. Wish, but if you don't shut off the TV I was gonna say yeah then and you live in a constant state of division and that's the difference nowadays is for you know we're talking about all the good old days and reminiscing about how things were. And it's just, it's crazy that alignment of how things have been the same forever and people have been the same forever, Mm -hmm. but we also are so different. It's, it's just, it's like, it's the idea that like change is not linear. It's cyclical. Yeah. And that the product of who we are is vastly different. And the product of our kids seems vastly different than even when we were growing up, but it's because of the resources that are available at our fingertips all the time. And I think that that is why everyone's like, well, the world's so fucked up now and kids these days and all these things. People have been saying that for years, for sure. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, in terms of like the world being fucked up, there was a lot worse shit that was going on back in the day. But because everybody was, was isolated to their local community and didn't have this ability to jump on bandwagons of only like highlighting their beliefs and their it's just when you're forced to live in a community you're forced to interact with people that are different Mm -hmm. and you're forced to see things that are different because it's it doesn't matter because nowadays because you can jump online and join a group for like the furries who also 
love Jesus. Jesus and shooting guns. Mm-hmm. Like while jousting. Like there I guarantee there's clubs for everything, right? And so right. you can find and while it's great that you can find your tribe and find your people, it's equally so dangerous it's now a- because you can allow yourself to isolate as opposed to just being like, Hey, I'm a giant weirdo and I like these things and I live in Waynesboro, Virginia and forcing yourself to intermix with anybody else in your community and finding commonality this way mm-hmm. where it's no one's going to be exactly like you, but now you can find very, very small groups that are exactly like you and you can hide there. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword without a doubt. Yeah. yeah like there is massive benefits of being able to know that you're not alone, yeah. that you have people that are like you, that you can find people that are like you and be able to have that camaraderie. But there's a huge difference of being able to take that, as far as like that camaraderie and realize that there are people that are in your community mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. that are like you. Yeah. They may not be exactly like you, right. but that's okay. It's because those differences are what allows people. It's, it's the, again, it's that hardness that you learn that it's, I have to interact with it. Like I am scared to death for when our kids grow up. Cause you talk about this is our friend has a daughter who is dating and the daughter is getting pissed off because the boyfriend will like text her all night long. But then when they see each other, like he doesn't want to talk to her. He only wants to text her, Mm -hmm. but it's, I'm scared to death for when our kids grow up is kids are being taught that you have to be politically correct in every single thing that you say and do, and that you can't speak the wrong thing or you're going to get canceled. And that, People like people don't know how to talk to people Mm -hmm. and that frightens the shit out of me because it's when they grew up, when they grow up, how are they going to be able to handle anything? When they go to work, if there's a coworker, that's an obby, Mm -hmm. that's super fucking weird and obnoxious, which every office has since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. How do they deal with that person? Right. Do they just say this? He's too weird or she's too too difficult or or too mean and I can't handle it. So I have to quit or I leave or I don't put myself in that. Cause that's what it is now is if it happens all the time with Michael of his friends get pissed off, they just leave. Mm-hmm. They close out of the chat mm-hmm. and it's, that's, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad on so many fronts. You don't need to be on the streets getting the shit kicked out of you mm-hmm. to be hard. Right. It's just there are normal things that happen in in-person communication. And granted, I'm not the right person to be talking to about this because I will hide from interpersonal communication all the time. Right. But it's I also recognize that about myself, that it was, hey, being a stay-at-home mom and hiding in my house, I'm super comfortable here. But like now going to the store overwhelms me. Like something has changed in me and I don't like it. But it's... But you've caught that. You've yeah, caught that but about that's yourself. the biggest thing is back in in the quote unquote the good old days is people have been the same forever. But even when we were kids, we were forced to have to be with whatever was around us. And I think that that's you're your saying like this is what scares me with our kids getting older. And I think that's for me, it's like, oh, well, no, you literally now have a blueprint of what you should do then. I, I know the exact and, opposite right and that's why we things. that's why we have our kids but like it's crazy because sweet michael has 
a lady friend, right? Right. He's got this adorable girlfriend thing. Um, and just, like on his own accord. Right. He's like, I'm going to go on a bike ride. So he rode his bike to her house, yes. knocked on the door, and the dad answered. And he's like, hi, I am Michael, and I am a friend of uh, Blank's. And um, Would she like to go ride bikes? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. essentially, I would like to call upon your daughter. Is she available? Right. <laughs> and it's, I mean, but he did that in like a face-to-face setting with the dad. Correct. That is how you fight. It's the same as you don't limit free speech. People want to limit free speech. And the fact is that you don't combat bad free speech by limiting it. Yeah, I, I You agree combat with bad free speech with good or better. Yeah. And so the reality is that there's going to be so many people, so many kids that are going to be doing things just back ass backwards, mm-hmm. no matter what your personal opinion is. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that if Trump has taught anyone anything, it's double the fuck down. Yeah. I cannot I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, whether you love him or you hate him. Double the fuck down yeah. on what makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. What makes you unique, what makes your kid unique, whatever it is, have him just double the fuck down on it. Because what that does is you have to stop giving a shit about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Because those people don't have actual thoughts. What they do is that they mimic whatever they see on TV or whatever the media is telling them that matters. That's all they're doing. So that's why everyone has to stop giving a shit about what other people think because 97% of the time, those aren't their actual thoughts anyway. Right. So if you have a thought that's yours or something that strikes very particularly close to you, it's just own that shit because what that does is that ends up being (coughs) that lighthouse effect. Where it just shines a light to those other people that are looking for that same thing too. Now, obviously, don't be a raging asshole and don't be like an anti-Semite about it. But here's here's the, but the crazy fact- thing: is that if you were an asshole, if you in 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 a community with actual humans mm-hmm. and a tribe, if you are an asshole, you get checked. You are going to get checked in some way. There are Correct. going to be consequences to your actions. You should. And that's what also has stopped happening. Yes. Because like, oh, well, no, like, you know, he's different. So you don't say anything. It's like, no, if he's different, then it's really important for him to understand. You cannot say shit like that. Yeah. You can't say shit like yeah. that. There, There is, there may be, if they have Asperger's, there's going to be a medical reason why they're a giant asshole, but it's not an excuse. You still, still have to correct to, it. Yeah, it's Dexter. It's the idea that it's, yeah, Dexter, son, you I may be you a understand. sociopath, but that doesn't mean that you can. You can't just kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So because, if you're going to kill people, let's have a code. Yes. Right. Let's work on a code yeah, so that there we understand are social how you can exist. That and, you can, yeah. And, and that's where it's like, you don't have to know that. You don't have to feel that. And I definitely, I sympathize with this very much because people are like, well, I don't, I don't feel that or I don't understand. It's like, nobody said you had to fucking understand. No. It's, this is the game that needs to be played Mm -hmm. right now. This is what socially is acceptable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's your job to push that envelope a little bit. To cause a revolution. Right. Because that's how change happens. It's since the beginning of time. But it's this need that it's, I don't like this and I don't understand this. And because I don't like it and understand it. 
the world needs to know that. It needs to now cater to how I'm doing and how I'm feeling. Right. And that's what I struggle with is no bitch. There's again. And again, it's because people can broadcast from the rooftops how they feel. Right. And then go in cyberspace and then cherry pick the people that feel that way and then hide there. And then they feel this false sense of empowerment that what they're doing is like God's work. And it's, (laughs) And there's no, no, if you do that in a regular community with people, you're going to get punched in the fucking mouth. Yes. And you're going to get fucking checked. Correct. And that is what's missing yes. is the accountability. Like, oh, you are a keyboard warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think you can just say this vile, nasty shit to people and there is no accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my. Because there hasn't been. Could, for sure. But there was my like. Michael Guilford, one of the things he used to say all the time, I don't think I've ever even talked to you about this, but he used to say this phrase all the time. It's like, you can do anything, right? There just is what happens next is going to be a result of that. And I think it very much came from where he was from, which like, listen, friend, you can say whatever you'd like to say, but understand that what comes out of your mouth, there will be a repercussion. Yeah. Whether good or bad. Yeah. So it's like, just own that shit. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you'd like. Be ready for what's next. But I'm going to punch you in the goddamn mouth if you step out of line. And yeah. that, and that it for sure is those pieces that are missing. So for me, it's I'm not super worried about the kids getting raised because the fact is, is that this attitude that I have and you have about raising them mm-hmm. is very much going to be that lighthouse attitude, which is just, no, you're going to do things that are fucking normal. Yeah. And if there are other kids that aren't doing those fucking normal things, eventually they will go do unfucking normal weird things on their own. Mm-hmm. But the people that are your people, they will see you. Yeah. And that's what's important is that you want to do this for business. You want to re- – it's important to attract the right audience, mm-hmm. but it's equally, if not more important to sure. repel yeah. the right audience. You do not want people that are not your people showing up. Yeah. So it's really easy to repel those people by being irreverent and authentic. Yes. I know. Now you can be super courteous and kind and sweet and optimistic as well. And you attract optimistic people because really negative fucks aren't going to be like, yeah, she thinks everything is going to be great. And it's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, guess what? You ain't my people then. Mm -hmm. Because I think everything's going to work out okay. Mm -hmm. And you're genuinely optimistic. You're genuinely authentic. You just own who you are. For me, my personality is more on, I'm going to be irreverent. So if you're not comfortable around me, then please fuck on. (laughs) Fuck on. Yeah. yeah, Right? Like, please go away. Like, I choose my language purposefully. I know. And, but I understand, I struggle. I struggle. but you have to, but you yeah. always have in the same as you have to teach this to kids all the time. It's, there know is an audience. element. You have to know your audience. You don't get to tell the teacher to go fuck herself. I mean, you can, right? but, but yes, there are consequences that come from that. You have to play the game. You learn. Yeah. You learn how you can talk, who you can talk to. It's, it's a lesson that's very hard for, yeah. to learn as you're growing up. But once you learn that. Then it's like, oh, okay, this is the game a little bit. And then the people that are truly your friends, right? Like the four people, Mm -hmm. because it's not the 1,500. No. 
that are on Facebook, but the four folks that are your friends, it's you can be genuinely who you are. And they're like, yep, that's the person I like. Yep. I like to be around them. And just be like, you know, I don't like that person. Mm-hmm. They are filling the blank. And then that's, but that needs to be purposeful. Because it's the same thing as like if you try and be able to appeal to everybody, you appeal to nobody. It is, but in in, the, in but I think it's also that fine line of like, you know, with finding your people, but also being able to. It just we're so used to now. It's like, nope, I don't like that person. <laughs> Goodbye, and we cancel them, and we we block them. And when it's it's that's not the way to do it either. Is there needs to be an understanding, and I think that that's again is we become more defined in our adulthood and mm-hmm. like what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't like drinking. Right. I don't like recreational drug use. Makes you uncomfortable. I don't like cheating. Right. I don't like, there are things that are just no, right. No for me. And, but I still will happily engage with others. Would I be happiest on like a Friday night with like, a book and gardening club with the grandmas probably that that those are my people right that's where i can find myself the most comfortable sure but i openly engage with and still enjoy a lot of people that do things that i absolutely never ever in a million years could find myself doing right because they're part of the community community and you have to be able to while simultaneously defining who you are, learn to deal with who you are in the rest of the world. Yeah, because Because who you are is not who Billy is and Susie is and Timmy is and whoever. So because everybody is so defined in who they are as individuals, the, again, there's commonality with everybody and there's also differences. And you have to be able to mishmash the two and learn that it's, okay, Abby in the office... I don't like you. You're a giant fucking weirdo and you make me uncomfortable. But you are still a part of this office. And so we are going to find a way to like to deal with you and work together. Only because we don't want you to come to the office and kill everyone. Well, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Totally. Is that there's too many people now that it's like, no, this is who I am. And I don't care and give a fuck all about the world. And I'm just going to be who I am. And, and, and you continue to isolate by mm-hmm. doing that. Because you continue to to just again, it's Trump with doubling down, man. Is 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 whether you love him or you hate him, that dude for sure highlighted some shit that's going on 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 a much bigger scale. Mm-hmm. But it's use the gasoline. The fire was always there. Yes, and I agree. Mm-hmm. But it's the doubling down. I'm like, no, I'm a giant raging asshole, and if you don't like it, you know these colors don't run. You don't like this country, then get the hell out. It's like I get it. And I understand the base of frustration in mm-hmm. those types of statements, but mm-hmm. it's you're continuing to back away from humanity by doing that. And you're going to find your little niche people and that's going to be it. But that's not how the world works. It's not how society has ever worked from our inception. You have to be able to deal with other people. You have to be. But what's important is that you stand up for what you believe is right. Yes, but that's why I'm saying it's that game of yeah. defining who you are and knowing who you are and having your own set of beliefs, 
but also being able to deal with people that feel differently mm-hmm. and still interact with them. And I, I don't, me as Amy Fairbanks, I don't like Donald Trump. I think he's a crazy, right? But I guarantee you that if I had a conversation with him, because what I see is what is portrayed, right? Granted, he's playing a character and he says a lot of shit and he does a lot of shit and I don't agree with 99% of it, right? But if I were to have a conversation with him on a human level, I guarantee you there could be something that it's like, okay, I understand that or I agree with that. Or I see where you're going with that. I find that less likely because I believe that there's at some point you begin playing the character that people make you. I, but I, but the media has done that. If just, that's what I'm saying. If I could get somebody as it's a, better, a human. But that's it. I think it's a better analogy of if at no point are you sitting down with someone in your community being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we get talking, mm-hmm. are you a Trumper or not? Right, 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 right. Because that's not real. What real is, but is that's like, what's happening. but because that's what the media yes. portrays to be happening. That's not what's happening. I, the media is doing that. Yeah. I get, okay. I understand. You know what I'm saying? I understand. But if you're in the community, yes. there's no way. We're going to go to the local, which we should, because it sounds really good right now. Weezy's Kitchen? Yes. I know, Johnny. Yes. So we need to go to Weezy's. I'm not trying to establish what that person's political beliefs are. In fact, if I stay away from their goddamn Facebook. Mm-hmm. I probably won't ever know because that doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we've now had to decide that that's what matters. Now, listen, there are fine lines eventually, right? You probably, if a guy's lynching people out back and burning crosses on the front of his lawn, we probably don't want to support that guy anymore. We should probably intervene in some way, shape, or form. So there is a fine line of the extremes. But the fact is, is that it doesn't fucking matter. And that's the community is one of those things where, and if you are so ostracized Mm -hmm. in your community, if you are such like the black swan and a a duck out of water, Mm -hmm. then that is the time to go. Yeah. Because the fact is there is a time to go find your people that you can be happy with because then, but then at least you're living in a real community that's real. If it needs to be at South beach, right. If it needs to be in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. like it's whatever those things are that are going to make you who, or if it needs to be in goddamn Alabama. Yeah. But that's what it is. Is it's again with everything is it's that balance of, of if you are so who you are and defined in who you are and the rest of your community ostracizes you and hates you and despises you and it causes you grief and anxiety to the point that you can't live your life everybody deserves to have a component of of joy right Right. but it's it's finding who you are and finding your people but also not taking that and running with it backwards and assuming that that absolutely yeah is it's don't do what has been done yes to you be who you are and that's okay whether it's good bad or ugly and let others be exactly who they want to yes. be. Because and everybody will check each other. Right. And that's what's missing right now. Yeah. We've almost done two hours. It'll be over two hours for but this podcast. But the first part of this podcast was good. The good old days. That's what we should entitle it. Oh, for sure we'll be doing it. But this was very good. This was a good talk. So this is a culmination. Ooh, that word. I missed that one the other day too. Culmination. And a culmination. Why do I want to say it's a cumulate, accumulation? You want to put Anne in front of it. It's a culmination of. Did you finally you Google keep, that? I did not, but <laughs> I'm like 92% positive. So, it's a culmination. This is of, a combination. There we go. 
of lots of different things we've talked about before. But I think it is very valid because there just are pieces to where, again, it's the idea of looking back to those good old days. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that are super positive. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are also there are also just so many things that are super shitty mm-hmm. about back in the day. But that I mean, it's history. Amen. But that it's since it's it's that's history teachers are awesome because they understand the ebbs and flows. If yes, yes, that it's happened forever. And there's just there's so much. And Everyone so, wants to act like the world's going like to hell in a handbag, right? Or handbasket. Handbasket. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but it's. It literally just pick a point in history right. and people would have the same argument. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. Let's go to Wheezy's. Yes. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at, at It's Possible VS. That's V as in victory, S as in Sam, at It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl. And you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks. That's A-I-M-E-E dot M dot Fairbanks on Instagram. If you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.